Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life, and this week on We Got Goals, I spoke with Jay DeCoons, who's the brand president of The Bar Method. And Jay's an incredibly influential figure in the wellness industry, but before he joined the wellness field, he rose up through the ranks of private equity. Um, so you'll hear him talk about how he views goals through both of those lenses in sort of the business ranks as well as the ranks of a wellness entrepreneur. He gained tremendous experience as COO of Yoga Works before coming together with a group to acquire the bar method. Um, and throughout all of this experience and the big goals that he accomplished over the years, uh, he's learned some major things and has some great advice for all folks who are out there accomplishing big goals, whether they're entrepreneurs or not. You'll hear him talk about relationships throughout the episode. He talked about how he maintained and gave generously through relationships. A key one was Burr Leonard, the founder of The Bar Method, which he'll speak more about in the episode. And he also talks about knowing yourself, being realistic about your strengths and the sorts of weaknesses that you may have and who you need to have on your team in order to compensate for those weaknesses. I had a great conversation with Jay and I think you'll love his mixture of enthusiasm for the wellness industry and his just general sense of groundedness. Here I am with Jay DeCoons. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road, I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm so excited to have here Jay DeCoons, brand president of The Bar Method. Thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Gina. And I'm so excited to speak to you, not only because you're an incredibly accomplished person in the fitness world, but also because you've had a lot of action lately on your goals. Uh, before we jump in, can you tell me a little bit about what you do day to day? Sure. So I am now uh, the brand president for The Bar Method, part of the self-esteem portfolio of health and, and wellness brands, and so excited to be part of the self-esteem platform. Um, day to day, I am really uh, tasked with a lot of the, the vision and where we're going, the future of the business, making sure that I can really set up my team with the right resources, um, the right direction on where we're taking the business forward. And what's so exciting about that, Jay, you and I had a chance to speak probably two months ago now. And when we first spoke, you you alluded to wanting to make some global expansions. You alluded to a lot of things. And today, uh, it's sort of coming to life um, with that recent acquisition. It is. And that's one of the things that um, I think is a big part of goal setting is to really put it out there, um, not to get uh, too new agey, but really to think <laughs> about like, you know, putting it out there to the universe. And that really means to me is like spending time to journal and to really take the time to create a compelling vision. And it, it's been amazing in, in my life and business experiences is when you really, the more specific you can and really get visceral about what that future looks like, it's amazing how you kind of will yourself toward that. Yeah, and, and what's great about you before we jump into the big questions is you have a, a super interesting background. You're obviously very accomplished and driven. You went to Notre Dame and HBS, uh, Harvard Business School. Um, 
and you worked a lot in finance. So talk to me about the shift from your, your education, your early career into wellness as an industry. Sure. So um, I was fortunate to, you know, have a great training ground with studying finance at Notre Dame. And then um, I was able to leverage that and go right into private equity. And I was at a private equity firm called Summit Partners and um, great training ground because I was actually speaking to entrepreneurs on a day to day basis, really understanding their business, hearing about their challenges, their successes, uh, their struggles, the whole experience of being an entrepreneur. And I was just so enthralled by that. And I just felt that, hey, if there's ever an opportunity for me to, you know, not only apply my skill set that I had around finance, but to learn more about what it takes to pursue an opportunity and to build a business, I was just drawn to that. Um, so those were things that following my experience at Summit, I tried to um, accumulate experiences that would put me in a position to ultimately, you know, one day be leading an organization or have an opportunity to have a significant ownership stake in a, in a large organization that I could really help uh, drive the growth and be part of the growth story. It's incredible. So let's jump into your goals. Um, Jay, talk to me about a big goal you've accomplished, why it was important to you and how you got there. Sure. So, I mean, I, I think it's kind of fitting now that we're about a, a month uh where we just a month ago, we closed um, and were acquired by self-esteem brands. But five years ago, um, and it really kind of goes back even a little bit further, maybe four and a half, uh, five and a half years ago, is when I really started um, down the path of uh, exploring where I could put together my own investor group and uh, take the experiences that I had in, in running my previous company. But then how could I bring capital um, to actually own a significant um, a portion of a business along with a group of investors. So that's something that I um, had really started to work on um, a while ago and um, was really uh, excited about it because I had the opportunity to kind of leverage those skills as being both private equity and working on transactions and, and having some exposure to integration. But then for the last um, you know, 10 years, I was squarely in an operating role. And so I really got to understand what it really meant around change management and building teams and focusing on culture. So I just thought it was this incredible um, opportunity to kind of really meld my experiences and skills in business. Um, and one of those opportunities presented itself with the bar method. And I was just so excited um, and driven just to see that opportunity through and putting together the uh, the financing and the investor group to then buy and then ultimately step in and run the company, the bar method that I've been running for the last five years. What an incredible skill to just be able to find that opportunity and decide um, to one, buy a company and two, come up with the capital to do it. Um, and before the bar method, you were at YogaWorks uh, so what sort of from that experience lent itself to you finding the bar method? Yeah, so a lot of it had to do, I did know the industry and how things were changing and emerging in boutique fitness. So I certainly knew a lot um, in, in being the COO at YogaWorks. I knew what it took at an operating level to be, have a successful and a profitable studio and knew kind of the the profit and loss statements and, and all the ins and outs to make a successful studio. So I certainly leveraged that skill set. I think I was also, 
really fortunate um, where I've always just built relationships with the attitude that, hey, I just want to be helpful and it doesn't matter where the opportunity goes. If I could be helpful, I just kind of believe that there would be opportunities. So this, this, it wasn't like I just kind of left Yoga Works and all of a sudden just the bar method just appeared. <laughs> Those are relationships that I built. I had the relationship with Burr Leonard, the founder of the bar method. And Burr and I would get together probably once every six months or so just to kind of talk shop. And I would try to help her on some of her business opportunities and challenges. And it just built the rapport and the trust. And so I think that was probably one of my my biggest lessons in life is just just trust in doing the right thing and where you can be helpful. And it can lead to amazing opportunities for you down the road that you can't anticipate in the moment. That's such a yogi mindset um, to business. And I, I love it. It's almost like business and relationship karma. It is. And I think that's just the reality of how any opportunity comes together is you can't really force it. Um, and I feel like it, it, for me, at least how I kind of like to, to lead and what I get involved in, I really, the relationship side is important to me. So I really need to know um, the people. I need to have more experience in, um, in, in, in understanding what the history is, what the challenges and the opportunities. And so anytime, and, and, and I can kind of move away from something just being transactional, where it just feels like, okay, I, I, I really understand this organization and I know these people behind it and I can be helpful. And so that was a big part of the bar method opportunity for me. Yeah. So going from putting together the group of investors, buying the bar method, um, running it as CEO, and then selling it to self-esteem brands, what a journey. How did it feel um, to see that come together a month ago? It was very gratifying. And I think mostly because of, I felt like we made some really good progress with the resources that we had. Um, and this is kind of the next chapter for this great brand, the bar method and a great partnership with the self-esteem team, because they have um, an amazing uh, shared service organization that we can now have additional resources that frankly on our own with our budget, uh, we just couldn't afford to do. So there's a whole net set of resources that are going to benefit our current franchisees and future franchisees. So that's really exciting to me. Yeah. And I, I'm interested, you've sort of alluded to it or, or softly given advice to entrepreneurs uh, by talking about building relationships, um, giving selflessly, and then opportunities will unfold through this process. What other sort of nuggets of advice would you give to other entrepreneurs? So one of which is, um, you know, there, there are definitely moments, and I think it's in every entrepreneurial journey where, you know, you're really going to be tested and it's really hard to do it on your own. So I think being really realistic about where your strengths are and really making sure you either have a partner or you can hire for competencies that you need. In my case, um, I was fortunate to have um, a business partner at YogaWorks who I brought in uh, to the bar method about two years after. And I wish I brought her in much earlier <laughs> because anytime you're going into a situation that requires change management to really have partners and that bring complementary skills. So for me, um, 
I'm a classic visionary. I literally like to be focusing on the big relationships and thinking about um, future investments. And again, that, those resources, resource allocations and building teams. I needed a strong number two. I needed a classic integrator who could really help and and make sure that from a project management standpoint, we're breaking down big goals into more manageable goals, whether those are monthly or quarterly, to make sure they're getting done. I just know it's just not one of my superpowers. I, I, I can really kind of get excited about enrolling people into my vision but there are people that are better than me, frankly. And I granted, I was a COO, so I can <laughs> do those roles for a period of time. But I think really being realistic about what flows through you, like what truly feels like flow when I'm doing these work activities, that's when I'm at my best. That's when I feel like I'm really differentiated out there. And so just, I think the more uh, self-aware you can be about your strengths, and I'm a big believer personally about just playing to your strengths. And then on the areas that don't come as natural, it feels like work more often than not, find other people that actually, frankly, enjoy those things. And together, you can do amazing things. So around the people side, having a business partner, especially when you're going into situations that require significant change management, it's just so much more uh, enjoyable um, and productive to have somebody that compliments you. I'm, I'm sure that that's the case. And change management has been, I'm sure, a huge part of your job, just acquiring the brand, growing the brand, um, and now finding a new person um, to help with acquisition. And it's, it's fun to hear you talk about knowing yourself and finding um, your flow. Did, did that sort of come naturally to you or did you fail a bit along the way? Oh, I absolutely failed. And, and that's just <laughs> something where, you know, I, I was also really hard on myself mm. um, through that period of time because I think I had this kind of sense of a CEO and a good CEO should be able to handle all of these things. Mm. And yes, I had been in, in previous executive roles, but this is the first time that one, I was the CEO and two, the stakes were really high for me personally because I invested, uh, I brought friends and family mm -hmm. into this. So I, I put a lot of pressure on myself that I needed to be operating at like, just honestly, probably this unrealistic level. And I it had to all kind of come through me. Um, and there were definitely a good, you know, six months, nine months of our first year where I was not nearly as uh, productive as I could have been um, because I was really being hard on myself. Um, I think I was really kind of struggling to kind of find my footing. Um, and I hadn't yet just really invested in saying, I need to develop my team and I need to find people here that will support me. And, and that's also another thing about uh, leadership, right? As leaders, we hear about these kind of, some of these, I, I unrealistic ideas about what a CEO is, but I, I mean, at times, like, you know, you need to find ways to be radically supported in your role, like have other people that you can say that want to pick things up for you. Um, and so that's kind of how I've shifted my paradigm around leadership. It's a little bit more of the approach of I'm going to, I know what I can focus on, but I want to make other people, I want to set them up for success. And I really want to have um, great people that 
feel that they can run with things um, and they can shine. And that's more satisfying than anything else when I could see somebody else on my team taking on an initiative or doing taking on a stretch project and and just doing great. And so that's been a big shift for me as a leader. I love that mindset shift, be radically supported in your role. I, I think that's such an incredible way to flip that on its head and just get more done. Um, so let's jump in to the big goals you're setting for the future. So Jay, talk to me about a big goal or some big goals that you're setting for the future, why they matter to you and how you're going to get there. Sure. So one is just in, in our partnership with self-esteem brands, they have um, a compelling vision to um, improve the self-esteem of the world. And on its surface, that feels really lofty and, mm-hmm. and bold. Um, but it really is thinking about, you know, when we take a step back, and I talk about our franchisees, we have the impact to, to change how people feel about themselves, uh, their confidence um, and how they how, how they feel, they should feel stronger. Um, and so I just think about being in fitness and in particular, our type of fitness that I really think is just so sustainable um, in terms of the mental benefits and the physical benefits, and then how we get to join forces with a, a company, self-esteem that already has over, I think they're now on seven continents um, and have um, close to 4,500 locations globally. And so there couldn't be a better partner to help us scale our, our brand internationally and extend the great benefits that we have in our classes to international markets. Right now, we've only been in the U.S. We've got 123 locations, two in, in, uh, in British Columbia up in Van- Vancouver area. So this is kind of an opportunity for us to just um, really increase our, our reach um, in the world. And that's really compelling and exciting to me. I think that would be compelling and exciting to anybody <laughs> to be yeah. able to, to go from one. It's very daunting. It's very daunting to like, you know, think about that. Cause like when I was speaking to you, you know, a couple months ago, th- this, this, um, this opportunity just didn't exist yet. And, and I was already planning for how we we're going to do it alone. And you start looking at those things, what it really takes to, to go um, and, and to essentially go international or bring a brand international, it is a huge investment. So um, having good partners that already have, have been there with other brands and have the roadmaps, that's something I'm really excited about. And that's incredible too, to hear you say that this, this deal came together in two months. Uh, it doesn't always happen that way. Well, I mean, it, it took a lot longer than that. Yeah. It really did take, um, you know, probably closer to nine months in, in our case, which even in that case is pretty, pretty quickly, just given how, how transactions can happen. But, um, you know, really knowing that we had to be prepared fully that, you know, we wanted to continue to grow. And, and that was a core goal of ours as a company. And whether um, a transaction was going to happen or not, you've got to start planning for that future. So uh, certainly once it became real over the last two months, where we kind of knew that, uh, we were going to have partners to work with. Um, and it was just in particular, really excited that it was self-esteem. That was definitely our preferred partner in our process, but we were looking at other options. So it was, um, that's where it became clear that one way or the other, we were going to be having some good partners that can help us to achieve that goal. 
And what's fun about that too is it sounds very similar to endurance races. You had an A goal and a B goal. A goal was uh, have the right partner to help you grow faster um, and farther and have the resources. And B goal was do it yourself, um, probably a little bit scrappier, right? Right. Yep, exactly. And I think that's where for me, even as a leader um, and, and really excited about the future now is that, you know, sometimes it's just natural when you're doing something entrepreneurial, your aperture of what opportunities look like, you just, your vision can be constrained somewhat by your resources. And so um, this just kind of opens things up for me and which is really exciting to actually think bigger and to kind of revisit that visioning now and what does a compelling future look for like for us? A couple of months ago, I was kind of thinking a little bit more in this smaller box or this smaller aperture of what the what the opportunity looks like for our brand. And 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 now it's just much larger, which is really exciting. And it's interesting too to hear a, a visionary self-proclaimed, and I'm sure all of your team would say it too, but visionary, talk about how your vision can be constrained by your resources. How does, how does one overcome that? How do you sort of keep thinking big even when cash strapped or resource strapped? It, it's a, it's challenging. It really is. Um, so it, it, that's where certainly with kind of having a good number two, they can kind of keep you in check because you do need to be really mindful of cash flow and making progress here because what you can kind of demonstrate in terms of financial results um, can often mean your access to larger capital. So that is definitely one thing you have to be thinking about. I still think you have to hold a real compelling vision. And even if you can't make 10 little bets, you still have to find ways in your business to kind of plant the seeds for future growth. And so to attract capital, as an example, we've, we had launched a couple of years ago an online video business and we have not been able to yet kind of really more significantly scale up that business, but we were able to show just through the quality of our content and with very limited resources with doing a couple production shoots a year, it was high quality content and we were able to leverage like the best of our bar method instructors. We grew this little enthusiast tribe of reoccurring members and, you know, we had a couple thousand members paying us close to $20 a month um, without any sort of marketing and promotion. So you have to be willing to kind of find those opportunities to say, hey, let's plant the seeds where, where can we leverage some of our strengths? Maybe we don't have millions of dollars at this point to get something out there, but those were proof points for self-esteem brands and for potential investors to say, you've got something special there and we're willing to kind of um, help you. And we want to have proceeds that are going to go toward that in the future. So it's a careful balance, but you definitely need to, even when you are more resource constrained, be willing to kind of experiment, take some little bets um, so that you can, you know, show some evidence of, of where might be future opportunities for investment. Awesome. And speaking of, of big vision, uh, changing the way people feel about themselves is a pretty big vision. Um, and it's, I'm sure, one that you've broken into smaller goals for the bar method. Uh, can you talk about how you'll leverage the bar method and its brand um, to help change the way people feel about themselves? 
So for us, it, it, a lot of it is, it does go back to kind of like how we were started in, in our founding piece. So, I mean, our mission is to empower women to be the best version of themselves. And we, how do we do that? It's, it's by, you know, producing full body workouts that build inner and outer strength. And so I think for us as our brand and our essence, we kind of think about it as always been a foundational workout. Um, it's smart, it's safe it's personal. Um, it really does require a lot of mental strength. So it really does kind of bring in elements that really help you feel better about yourself because what were perceived barriers, whether it's around fitness or the ability to kind of push out that next, uh, push up or hold that plank for that much longer, those barriers kind of go away and then you say, well, all right, I can do this. And, and, and it's measurable and tangible about progress. So there's a lot of those elements of our brand um, what, what's beautiful about our brand and in particular around the type of workout that we do, it really is this amazing assimilation of specific bar workouts. So whereas a portion of our class, we're actually using a ballet bar, but it, there's also elements of Pilates and with yoga. So um, things like bringing in the breath work. And we all know, especially as we're all dealing with a lot of stress, how important that is for people to... Um, have an opportunity to kind of learn to breathe, to be really more in tune with their body. Um, we really pride ourselves in our classes is you're getting a semi-private experience. So you're going to be having an instructor who's going to be making um, verbal adjustments and, and knows you by name. And so it's not going to be a passive experience, so, but you're, you're going to get the most out of having an opportunity to um, be corrected with your form, but in a supportive way, and then also make certain adjustments so that you're getting the most out of the workout. So a lot of those elements we just feel like um, are so important today where people um, are not necessarily taking care of themselves around stress management, are not being seen or heard, and, um, and, and we have an opportunity in a class format to really support them and support them in achieving goals that they just didn't think were possible. That's incredible. So you're taking your corporate culture of setting big goals and holding each other accountable for those and, and passing it down to the everyday members. You know, it, it really does work out that way. It really does. And, and for us, we have franchise, franchise owners. And um, that's what's also amazing about our business is that um, our franchisees, they are incredible technicians of our of our technique as well so they're like that player coach on that local level there many of them are teaching classes and when you go to visit a bar method you're going to be in a class that might be run likely by the business owner and so they can foster their community um they, they're they're expertly trained and then they're also of course when they're not teaching the other instructors that are teaching they're also supporting those to make sure that the quality is always high. And, and what a great alignment, because if an owner um, is really, they have to make sure their quality standards are staying high because that's their reputation in the market. And so that, that there's, there's a really good alignment around our goals as a company, but then specifically, we only get this done in any franchise system. Uh, we're only as good as our franchisees. And, it, and when our franchisees, are successful and they're making money and they're feeling really good about the product and service they're delivering. That's what holds it all together. I love it. And when we spoke a few months ago, Jay, you spoke about quarterly rocks, uh, your right. your own internal process for goal setting. Can you talk us through that? 
Sure. So one of my favorite business books is um, Traction by Gino Wickman. And one of the things that in that book, and in other, other books, but there's really breaking down goals. So I'm, I'm a big believer in making sure you spend time at the beginning and ahead of any year to do your personal visioning, do your visioning on your business, and then start to set some goals with your, with your leadership team or your business partner about the year and what success looks like. And one of the fundamental questions I always ask is just, you know, if, if nothing else was going to happen, like what's the one big goal that we have for this year and how are we going to measure success? And whatever that is, then you can want to break it down that you have quarterly projects or quarterly rocks, which that's what a, what a rock is. It's just something that you just make sure that you want to kind of get, get done. And, and how does it ladder up to support that main goal that you set out to do? And as much as you can, you really do want to make sure there's that alignment that your your smaller projects are serving that larger goal. So it really is a great opportunity, either on a personal level, to do things in 90-day increments. It kind of brings you back to your school days of, of uh, quarters, and it's enough time to make really good progress and achieve something. But like a month, you know, you have the rest of your business that's going on, and in any given month, something else could be going on. And so a 90-day period really does give you an opportunity to kind of set some goals and work toward achievement. And we always use a framework of from X to Y by when. So my team is probably sick of me saying this, but it's <laughs> like, it really is to bring it to that level of specificity where you can measure it. It's got to be progress from you started one place X, you went to Y, and you're going to be specific about when it's going to be get completed. And so really each of those quarterly rocks have to fit in with that. There might be a project that requires multiple quarters to get the full project done. So you're starting to break those down into sub projects, each with a 90 day, something that could be accomplished in 90 days. It doesn't have to be the full 90 days. Some things could get closed out in six weeks, eight weeks, but it still is measurable with that X to Y by when framework. It's almost like a tech sprint. Yes. I love exactly. it. I love it. Um, and as you're as you're sort of hammering this home, it sounds like you talk about it a lot <laughs> every, week. Uh, every week. How are you sort of using it in your personal life? I know last time we spoke, I asked you about personal goals, uh, and you were a little slower to answer the question. Did you set any <laughs> goals <laughs> outside of the bar method yeah. since last we spoke? I know, I know. Well, I, you know, and, and I've got uh, a very busy family life. I've got uh, three kids and a wonderful wife and uh, my kids are seven, five and two. So we're in the thick of it all. So I think sometimes I don't feel like I'm as consistent because um, when I get home at times, it feels like it's just the whirlwind uh, that we have kind of going on. But it is important. My wife and I really do try to make it a point for us to kind of pull back up to get away, certainly around um, the end of the year. That's one of our favorite times just to kind of reset um, and really reflect and count our blessings and have gratitude of what happened in the previous year and then be really intentional about things that we want to do in the year ahead. Family experiences that we want to have, whether it's traveling to see other family or a vacation, um, uh, How just where are we at in our relationship? Um, where are we growing um, or where do we need to kind of reinvest in, in areas? So we do do that. I would say the piece that we probably don't uh, do as great a job, I mentioned that at, with my team, 
we do kind of those weekly check-ins. Um, I think, of course, my wife and I are speaking a lot about what's going on with our kids, but us kind of be able to pull back, gosh, I would love to kind of recommit to that about a weekly reset and checking in around certain things. We're probably closer to once a month um, on those things. And we try to really have a, have a date night to kind of get us back to those pieces. If I could have a date night every, every week, it sounds like a, something that I should do um, and would love <laughs> to do with my wife. For some reason, I think we should still have a little work to kind of make that reality, but, but we're working on it and we both would love to have that. It sounds like a date night every three weeks is an attainable goal. You're right. Maybe sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to at least say, hey, listen, let's just maybe, you know, we can't go all the way there. I still think that I would really love to do once a week. It really would be amazing for us. And I think my wife would see it the same way. But we'll break it down. We'll start with every three weeks and maybe we're at every two weeks. And then there you there you go. You get there. I love it. By the next time we speak, Jay, you'll be down to one week for sure. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, we've we've talked a lot about your goals. We've talked a lot about the bar method. Is there anything that we haven't talked about? Any resources you want to share? Or anything else you want to say um, to entrepreneurs um, about goals before we wrap up? Yeah, I would just say, I mean, I, one of the things I'm getting back to uh, now is journaling. Um, and I just went back and was reading some of the things that I had written. And I, I, I have to admit, I, there was a big gap probably over the last year where I didn't journal as regularly. And I'm a morning person. I know other people are night people, night owls, and I'm a morning person. And kind of getting back into that routine to kind of start my day with just writing things out. Um, and in particular, starting with gratitude because it's so easy, especially for me who kind of lives in the future and people that are really kind of in certain roles that they just kind of are always in the future or always in the past. And um, I find that journaling kind of really does bring me back to like start with, okay, where am I at? What am I feeling? What can I be thankful for right here and now? I think just especially as with type A's and leaders that really want to accomplish goals where we can live in the future, and sometimes really skip over like where we're at right now. And that's something that I'm becoming a lot more conscious and intentional about. I'm in a really busy and dynamic time of my career and also in my family. And I don't want to miss out on those amazing moments that are happening each day. And so journaling and just recognizing some of those, I know Tim Ferriss and, and, and others kind of talk about you know, those writing about those magic moments, I, I think it's absolutely the right advice to be giving. Um, so those are things that I just encourage some of your listeners to to consider. And it, it might feel foreign a little bit and kind of getting back to, to writing. Um, and, but I just say, once you start putting it down um, and look back at it and you just start drawing more appreciation for, you know, what a great, what a great opportunity and what a great life so many of us have um, and what we're fortunate to have in our life where we can sometimes focus on what we don't have or we want to have in the future. What a delight it has been to speak to you. And thank you so much, Jay, for joining me uh, and, and for sharing about your goals on We Got Goals. My pleasure. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. This has been another episode of We Got Gold, a podcast by Asweatlife.com. Big thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing 
for our guest today, Jada Coons, and for you, our listener. And if you loved this episode along with the others, please make sure to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.